Hello, and thank you for listening to Cinephiles Digest. This is episode 74, and on this week's show, we are going to be discussing the new nail-biter from the Softy Bros, Uncut Gems, as well as the new film from writer and director Greta Gerwig, Little Women. So we'll be getting to those reviews a little bit later in the show, but first things first, I will introduce my co-host, Travis. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello. And Tom, how's it going, bud? Hi, going good. So we just had uh, just had the holiday season. It has now passed. Did you guys get up to any uh, shenanigans? Did you have a good time with family? I saw um, I saw Travis that you celebrated your anniversary. Yes. Yeah. How was that? Seven years with Chelsea. Oh. Haven't celebrated it yet. Got the itch. Old seven year itch. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't necessarily celebrated it because we had um, family in town, but Mm. um, we are celebrating next week. So, What's that going to look like? Dinner. (laughs) Dinner. Dinner You should go to to Bellingham. I'll be in Bellingham that weekend for my birthday. Nope. You and Chelsea can do whatever the (laughs) fuck you're doing, and then me and Haley will drink beer, and then we'll... Maybe Meet we'll up, chuck some beers, go our separate ways. Unite the clans. Yeah. Mm, maybe next year. <laughs> I'm not going to be here next year, bud. So. True. Well, we could <laughs> we could plan it out. <laughs> <laughs> nice. What about you, Tom? What's going on? Uh, we went to a wedding. That was fun. Where was this wedding? You told me about it in the car, but... It was in Portland. Mm. Maine? Uh, Oregon, <laughs> conveniently. <laughs> Portland, Maine. <laughs> Uh, it was fun. Um, my mom babysat the baby, so that was super nice. Stayed at a friend's house, so that was really nice too. Um, that's pretty much it. Open bar. Uh, yeah, beer and wine. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna have a wedding and you're not gonna have at least open bar, beer and wine, just don't fucking get married. <laughs> <laughs> I have been to. Two, one dry wedding for sure. I can't remember if there were two. It was interesting. It's not what you look for in a wedding as no. a guest. Definitely no. not. <laughs> <laughs> or I feel like, or as a, a bride and groom. Like when I get married, I want it to be like bedlam. Like I want people yeah. passed out in their own vomit <laughs> on the dance floor. I want broken oh, heels God. all over the place. Uh, do you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He wants to throw a rager. Yes. Get Andrew WK. Yeah, dude. <laughs> um, it's going to be crazy. I, I mean, some people, I think, I don't think most people do it to save money. It definitely saves money, but like Sarah and I did it for pretty cheap because a keg doesn't cost that much. No. You buy a couple kegs and then you get some wine and then you're good to go. Yeah. yeah. But um. Uh. anyway, this was not a dry wedding. I therefore had a good time. Good to hear. Yeah. Cool. Uh, not much going on with me. Spent some time with family. Uh, my grandfather recently passed away, so it was a, a little bit of a solemn event, but it was good to be with family, you know? Mm-hmm. That, was, that was nice. And uh, what did I do New Year's? Watched a movie. Got in bed at 11.45. New Year's happened. Me and Haley were like, woo, New Year's. And then went to bed. Mm-hmm. Nice. <laughs> Didn't really want to do anything. Mine wasn't too eventful either. No. Just hung out at home and 
drank and played some games. New Year's is funny with people at our nice. age because even <laughs> if you go to a party, it's like twelve oh five hits and people are like out the door, like see you later, <laughs> go yeah. home. I don't know. My New Year's parties were pretty uh pretty baller. People would usually didn't leave till like fucking four o'clock in the morning. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the parties that I've been going to for the last couple of years. We are also getting older. When I was like throwing New Year's parties, we were like, well, I was like mid twenties. Mm-hmm. That's like prime, like hang out with your friends and ring in the new year. Right. But not like 21 where you're just like at vomiting house, by you don't know 11. House it is. Yeah. Yeah. Then you have to rally. You met strangers then... on the street. You were going to watch the fireworks at Gasworks and now you're in some basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, did that happen to you? No, but it very well could have. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone has some version of that story. <clears throat> well, cool. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention before we start tackling these reviews? Real quick. Hmm. Proud moment last night. Went bowling. Bowled my highest score ever. 159. Ooh, pretty good. That's pretty good. I had like five or six strikes. Yeah. It was amazing. Then, you, you, I'm usually like lucky if I break 100, so mm-hmm. this was kind of a big deal. Got to close a lot of frames to get to 159. Oh, yeah. I was feeling it, though. Where'd you bowl? West Seattle Bowl. Mm. Okay. My place isn't bad. Friends' right. birthday party, yeah. We were going to go bowling uh, last night after I saw Uncut Gems, but um, we didn't. Mm. But I was kind of bummed, especially after watching Uncut Gems. There's some sports stuff in there, and I was like pretty hyped to bowl, actually. Did you want to put some money on, on the game? <laughs> <laughs> no, not in particular, but... I'll no, take a parlay, I mean, turkey yeah. on third. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, that's fun. I love bowling. I haven't been bowling in a long time. It's hard. It's a really frustrating game. Yeah, it's fun, though. You got a pitcher of beer, Mm -hmm. just hang out. Mm -hmm. I don't think I would enjoy bowling with someone who's, like, competitive about it. Because I would just be like... I do it because it's fun. Like, I wouldn't want to play with somebody who's going to laugh at me when I inevitably throw at least a a couple gutter balls. You know what I mean? You don't want to be laughed at? It has to be the right kind of laughing. (laughs) Because it is funny, but if you're laughing at me and not mm-hmm. with me, I'm not going to want to play with you anymore. <laughs> I think that goes for any event. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what I, get, I mean. I get competitive and I'm like really hard on myself because I'm trying to like perform well. Matt, I could see you laughing at everyone missing or getting gutter balls. Yeah, because it's funny. <laughs> but it's not okay. If people I'm not good at bowling. I'm not good at bowling either. So <laughs> it's like. <laughs> So you should just sit back and uh, just make fun of everyone then. And that's how I live most of my <laughs> life anyway. So. <laughs> Tight. All right. <laughs> so congratulations on your, uh, your yeah, congrats, personal record. Man. Thank you. What's your personal record, Tom? Um, I'm hesitant to say because it was at the garage and I learned afterward that their lanes are like not regulation Doesn't length. Count. <laughs> are they too... They're, too short or too, too short? Okay. Yeah. And I was on fire. So you're getting some extra speed there. <laughs> I don't know if it's the speed or just like less time for the ball to just like go off course. Yeah, like drift. But you could also say, I don't know, I'm not curving it. So I don't think it's less time to get back on course either. It's like as soon as it leaves my hand, it was either good or it was bad. <laughs> That's usually how it goes. Uh, anyway, I got a 217. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, I was lighting up the scoreboard That's two games in a row. Pretty good. It was awesome. But uh, 
I don't know. I don't know what my in on a on an official length. I don't know what it is. Somewhere around there, like a one sixty seven. I remember getting nice, but that's not an every time thing by any stretch of the imagination. I've been bowling. I think less than ten times in my life. Best I ever bowled was probably like one twenty or something. <laughs> that's respectable for someone who's only been a dozen times. Yeah. If anything, it's impressive. Yeah. You got a lot of you got a lot of years to change that. That's true. Yeah. Maybe I'll join a bowling league when I move to Florida. Bowling is a much more appealing activity um, now when it's like you know the only time you have to do something is at night, and uh, you're not really in the shape to go play like flag football with your 14 friends who also have free time. So it's like, okay, we can get like four guys together and we can either play pool or go bowling. (laughs) Well, I don't know about you guys, but I feel like we're reaching the age now where it's like that stuff is still fun and you can do it. But the likelihood of like, Pulling a muscle or like spraining your ankle or throwing out your You're talking back about the flag, the flag football scenario? Yeah, just any any kind of like, not contact sport, but whether yeah. it's basketball. Speak for or... yourself, Matt. I'm a athlete. Oh, yeah? <laughs> you are wearing athletic Those joints gear. are pure um, <laughs> Like greased up, ready to go. Oh, yeah. I, I have played a lot of pickup basketball in my life. And I do it every opportunity I can. But the last couple times I've played, and I mean, it gets a little bit worse every year. But like the last couple times in particular, I have just been ruined afterward. My knees and my back. It's it's your knees. I'm just like, oh. I think I have whatever Brandon Roy had, like no cartilage in my knees. They're just (laughs) awful. Patrick Ewing. (laughs) I don't know. Sometimes I can hear them creaking, like when I just move them back and forth. You know, it's like bone on bone. I don't know. Well, that's what happened to our buddy Greg. Super gnarly. Time cut up. Time caught up to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Father Time blew out his knee or something last time we saw him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was he a brutal time basketball protege or something? Or no, I mean it's like Tom. <laughs> he likes playing. Uh, you know, he's pick a good up, player. Pick up leagues and good stuff player. like that. I see. Better than me when he can use. Blew both it of out his playing legs. the game. Yeah, playing basketball. Playing the game that he loves. Yeah, he couldn't stay away. Mm. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to talk about uncut gems? Oh, yeah. Big time. All right. Let's fucking do it. We have a clip. Let's listen. Check this out. Oh, no. All right. So these are black Jews. All right. They're stranded in the middle of Ethiopia. It's deep. Stranded? Yeah. Look at They got nothing. They don't got cars. They don't got And I'm watching this, and I'm like, what the are these guys wearing? Look. It's on the Torah there. It's everywhere, right? This Where do these guys get... Precious black opals, that's what that is. The black opal. I do my research. These guys live near the whale mines, which primarily is red opals, which aren't worth okay? Oh, okay. But these, these mm. yeah, you can't get your hands on these things, you understand? Really? So look, I say to myself, how do I get a hold of these guys? And I managed to track these guys down. I buy one from them. Holy that is, <laughs> what is that? That's right here. That's the rock. Okay, Uncut Gems is the new film from Benny and Josh Softy, who are responsible for Good Time, which was a good time, beloved oh, yeah. by this guy over here. Oh, yeah. Huge. Mm. Huge movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I believe I am not uh, exaggerating when I say that this was your most anticipated movie of the year. Am I correct? By a mile. By a mile, huh? Oh, yeah. All right. We'll circle back around to you in a second. 
Uh, plot synopsis reads, a charismatic New York City jeweler, always on the lookout for the next big score, makes a series of high-stakes bets that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. Howard must perform a precarious high-wire act, balancing business, family, and encroaching adversaries on all sides in his relentless pursuit of the ultimate win. Film stars The Sandman, Adam Sandler, Lakeith Stanfield, Kevin Garnett, and Adina Menzel. Am I saying that right? Yeah. Oh, God. How did John Travolta say it? Adele Nazim. Not even close. <laughs> okay, so Uncut Gems. Uh, who wants to go first on this one? Do you want to go first or do you want to save your piece for last? Let's hear what you guys have to say. I can go first. Uh, this was a movie that I was quite excited for. I was a big fan of Good Time. You're not a big fan. I thought Good Time was pretty good, but didn't love it nearly as much as you. Right. Um, I had heard a lot of very high praise for this movie. People saying it's the most anxiety-inducing movie ever. Uh, it's just like white knuckles, balls of the wall, crazy film. And I did enjoy it quite a bit. I like the escalation of... Uh, Howard, Adam Sandler's character, his antics, and you're always expecting him to make the wrong decision. The whole movie is basically a series of bad decisions, of him chasing a score, basically. It's pretty similar to Good Time. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. Uh, it's very well done. It's well acted. Uh, ultimately, not a very interesting movie, I don't think. It was a fun time, but I watched it. And I don't know. It's, I mean, you kind of get what the movie's doing 30 minutes in. And sure, it escalates from there. And there's a lot of tension. And the score is good. I think the good time score is better. Me too. Um, but I don't know. It was. I enjoyed it quite a bit. But I didn't love it. It's a movie that once it was over, I really haven't thought about it since. That's where I'm at. Tom? Uh, I think I loved it. Yeah. Um, I do agree that the score was better in Good Time. And I think this movie had some consistency issues, Uncut Gems, um, with like, sometimes it was really anxiety inducing and uh, nerve wracking and white knuckled. And other times it was, there were like weird lulls. In the middle, there's there's kind of a lull where he's like going through some family stuff. And I think it's the weekend. I think it actually takes place over the weekend. Um, with the weekend or, <laughs> uh, maybe I don't think about it. Um, but there were things about the movie that I really loved, like, um, just cause they were things that made me happy mainly. Basketball. So all the basketball stuff I fucking <laughs> loved all the stuff with Kevin Garnett. I thought was great. Yeah. Um, I loved the diamond district setting. I loved his shop. The people who came in, the ridiculous stuff they were looking at and like their <laughs> level of interest in it and his level of, um, you know, expertise in his field. Um, I liked all the characters uh, like Lakeith Stanfield's character, I think, is like perfect. He's like really hard to read and you don't know whether to trust him or not. And he does some stuff. He's clearly driven by his own agenda. Mm. Um but it's hard to know if he's going to like pull through. You could say everyone in the movie is. Yeah, totally. Everybody <laughs> is. It, exactly. You're you're right. Um I just think they're they're well-crafted characters. 
um, even the thugs that come to like come after uh, oh, what's his name in the movie Adam's character Howard Howard yeah or Radner I think yeah they're they're like they have enough to them for me to like really dislike them um, and I loved everything about that black opal all of it like I love the <laughs> Uh oh, I don't want to spoil too much, but just like the idea that there really is something to it, you know? Like there's a weird magic to the opal that Or um, is there. Right. Or was there. <laughs> For me, I felt like there was, and I I loved that part of it too. Um, yeah, I like the like mythical aspect of it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's one of those like superstitious type things where it could just all be in your head. Yeah. Uh, and then there were there's I mean it's definitely all in their head but well, yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, then there were just some other cool things that I noticed like I really liked how there's so many um, black mirrored surfaces throughout the whole movie like just the way that uh, the, the um, like where the movie the movie locations I guess you know like all the houses have these weird like shiny black cabinets or whatever it's just not something you see a lot in films it's probably hard to film mm-hmm. um but usually you know if you see a mirrored surface and it's like in a bright room or something like that but so i like some other little things like that but I, I don't think it's a perfect movie by any means but uh i liked it a lot maybe loved it it real okay. quick before you go i feel like it's a movie that i enjoy more than i admire like it's a movie that's incredibly stylized which is cool but it just can't really resonate with me cuz there's really no like actual identifiably human behavior in this movie everyone is so over the top and i just can't sympathize with their their ambitions and their drive and the things that they're doing and how reckless well, it is and i get it's supposed to build tension it's heightened but, it's a movie yes <laughs> i disagree whole, a little bit i just don't i don't think anybody actually acts like a human being i think they act like characters which is fine for what it's doing but it just something like that's never going to resonate with me as much as something else that's going for a little more well, humanism adam I guess. sandler is definitely playing a character yeah but i mean and i like that i'm sure like there's him. someone in New York, who is very similar to that. But his flaws are like deeply human flaws. Yeah. So in a broad, like a general sense, yes. I mean more so in like the minutiae, like the way that the characters are actually talking to one another mm. and like the the um, like body language and just it felt like I was what it felt like I wasn't watching. It was like I was watching a cartoon or something. It didn't mm. seem like I was watching like real human beings. Chasing a score. Yeah. Does that make sense? We should talk more about that after after Travis goes. All right, let's hear so it. So I think I'm in alignment with Tom. Um, hype was through the roof. So ultimately, I think I was slightly disappointed, but still liked it a lot. Um, just because I thought it was going to be like a step up from good time. And you could say it is in a sense, like maybe technically, but... For me, I think Good Time works just a little bit better. It's not as polished. It's kind of rough around the edges, but I just... You like that, though. I like what it's going for. I think it's a more interesting movie than <clears throat> Good Time? Uncut Gems. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I didn't... I, they're similar for I me, I mean, but. I think Uncut Gems is a little more ambitious, but I don't know. Maybe yeah. it maybe just because it maybe feels like somewhat of a retread of Good Time, maybe that's why I just didn't react as strongly to it. Or like 
I think I knew exactly what I was getting into. And I think some people who watch this are like taken aback by it because there's not a lot of movies that have this kind of like style or pace or, you know, tone to it. So ultimately liked it a lot. Um, I kind of agree with you where there's not much beyond like the entertainment value. Like sure. There's like the like greed, like theme or like you could like link this to like capitalism or something. Mm-hmm. I think that's strong and it works. I like the whole like gem thing too. Like what Tom was talking about and just how like, um, they're all obsessed with it and like how like everyone like people are kind of connected to it in a weird way and like they try and like without spoiling it they try and like make this like a cosmic like universal type thing they're definitely it's an infinity stone yeah i mean they're, they're <laughs> kind of they're kind of reaching with some of the symbolism but i think it's pretty cool yeah i um i was just along for the ride like i was in spite of myself rooting when we were watching so they splice in the uh, old footage of uh, i think this takes place in 2012 so it's boston and the sixers in like i think the eastern conference finals um maybe semifinals but uh anyway you he's got money riding on the game at multiple at multiple times and like there were times when i'm i fist i fist pumped in the theater <laughs> i was like and i was also literally biting my nails throughout, throughout the entire movie so i don't know what it was about maybe it's just because i love basketball so much but <laughs> well, it's something cool they, something like, warmed into me for that they like you know linked it to actual history and like used the mm-hmm. nba and used kevin garnett like it's not just like some like recreated yeah. league or whatever but it wasn't like memorable enough that like i didn't remember how those games ended yeah, I never remembered the um, Boston teams like really losing in the playoffs. So I, I, not to say that they didn't, they might have. Um, but anyway, I had that in the back of my mind. But for your average viewer, I don't think they really know how those games. Yeah, and and the individual games too, like because we're not just talking about the whole playoff series. But yeah, yeah, and for me, while I found those those sequences like kind of tense. It kind of had the opposite effect for me because those were act- it was set around a real time and these were real games like we see the footage of of the game. I'm assuming that was actual. He was oh, yeah. watching the actual footage of the game, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that kind of took me out of it a little bit, not because I knew what was going to happen. I didn't. I I don't watch that much basketball, so I didn't know if he was going to make his bet or whatever, but it just felt like I lost some of the tension because I knew I was watching a game that had already occurred in real life oh, really? and him placing these bets. It just felt like they got Kevin Garnett. He's the one they could get. So they said it like they kind of tweaked the script to fit this actual game and everything is just written around the actual outcome of the game. You know what I mean? And that just, I kind of lose some of that because you're kind of reverse engineering it and I kind of see the path that they took to get there. And while it was still tense, it wasn't as tense as I feel like it could have been if it had been a fictional game or if it had been, I don't know. Does that make sense? It just, I I see what you're saying, but I disagree. Yeah. I disagree. (laughs) So do I. I think it's cool how they weaved it in. The fact that it was a real game just made it feel more tangible you know like people i guarantee people had a ton of money riding on those games you know because people are betting on those types of games all the time you're right i'm just 
maybe you're not the one to talk to you about this, Tom, because you actually like record games and watch them later. <laughs> if I'm not watching a game live, I have zero fucking interest in watching it. Uh. I would never, ever in a million years. Even, even though if you don't the, know the outcome. Yes. Because it's already. I can not kind interested. of see that. Not interested. Yeah. But I think placing it in the movie, like, it works. Like, if I watched a game it, from, yeah. like, the 80s and didn't know the outcome, like, it might be fun to watch still, but it wouldn't be as fun to watch, like, a present game live. Mm-hmm. Like, but I see what you're saying, but I think it still works. Like how they I'm not saying it doesn't work. Put it it just, it, for me, it didn't really reach maybe some of the same highs I was expecting. But fictionalized sports is always such bullshit. And it's so like obviously that would take you out of the movie fictionalized. Like. It's like, oh, if Kevin Garnett's out there. So I love the fact that they have like an actual NBA player. He's still young enough and they did him up enough to make him look like he was in his playing days, his later playing days, but still. And then uh, and then you're watching a real game and like he knows because there's tons of um, I don't know exactly what a parlay is, but basically he has bets on multiple aspects of the game, not just who wins. Right. So he'll know if he's made money in certain areas like well before the game's over. Yeah. You know, that's it feels realistic. It's not like you have to wait and then there's this buzzer beater and then, oh, you know, hooray or shit. I lost. You know what movie taught me about parlays? Uh yeah, times. parts of the Caribbean. <laughs> uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Oh, because uh, De Niro's character does a parlay. It's like a certain number of metrics you have to hit. So if you mm. pick five things and you get all five, your bet is huge. That's but why he's totaling get... the rebounds and the and the points. But if you get less, like he had three, so if if two of those things didn't it's happen, so he wouldn't get any of his money. That game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> that scene is so good. The first game where he's like, you know, cussing out the refs, and then you see oh, the score, yeah. and it's two zero. <laughs> he's like sweating bullets. <laughs> well, and, like if you've ever put money on a game where you're that invested, like that's how you react when mm-hmm. you're watching. Oh yeah. <laughs> When he's laying down in his son's room and he's like, fuck you. (laughs) And maybe that's part of the reason why I I don't like it as much as maybe I I could have liked it. Just because I just don't understand those people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I like sports as much as the next person. But I only get that invested if it's like my team. He doesn't care about the Celtics or the Sixers. They're not his team. He's a Knicks fan. But and I get the he's a money guy. I get the stakes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not saying that there aren't people like that. There's lots of people like that. But I just those kind of people seem so alien to me that I think it just I struggled to resonate with the movie on a level other than just watching this fuck up escape trouble time after time and just like the tension that goes along with that. I don't want to come seem like I'm coming across too negative because I did ultimately enjoy the movie quite a bit. I just, based on expectations, uh, I was expecting to be like breathless and like amazed by all the twists and turns, and it wasn't. Too like I kind hype. of feel like there were maybe diminishing returns towards the end of it. There is an escalation, but it becomes predictable in a sense that once you kind of learn his behavior. You kind of know what's going to happen, not in the specifics, but you know it's never going to be enough as far as because there's a bet that he wins and then there's some other choices he makes and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And you kind of see the path ahead before you actually go down the road. You know what I I mean? I'm glad, though, it wasn't like, you know, like a snatched 
or something where like it's just twist twist turn turn this person has it this person has it this person has it you know and then it's just it wasn't that type of movie you know so uh, i was glad that it didn't try to be that it was a little bit more of a character study than a follow the money movie yeah and there's other stuff that's like involved with the like freneticness or chaoticness like the people who are always like there's like multiple people going after him for like money that he owes (laughs) yeah you never know who he's gonna run into yeah and just the way he deals with all of them like the brothers who like or trying to get money from him, and he like pushes them off. Fake with, like, the, the, the super Jewish-looking guys, the older yes. brothers. Yeah, yeah. Um, how did you guys feel about how it all wrapped up? Do we want to? I feel like just because of the way this movie ends, we should probably do like a brief, a brief spoiler discussion. Mm-hmm. Anything else you guys yeah. want to say? Generally speaking, we didn't really talk about Sandler's performance. It's good. Is he going to win an Oscar? Does he deserve an Oscar? I don't think so, but. I hope he at least gets nominated, but I still prefer his punch drunk love performance to this. I think same, but it's good. It's good. It felt a little, uh, not that he went in and out of character, but it didn't always feel like it. Sometimes it felt like he leaned into the character more in some moments than others. Yeah. Um, so it was relatively consistent, but, but given how big of a like name or star he is, I think he still did a pretty good job of like embodying the character. He didn't have to make this movie; like he took a yeah. big ri- well, maybe not a risk because like what what the fuck is the harm to him? But did you listen to any of the interviews with him? With Sandler? Mm-hmm. No, but I know he went to all the interviews wearing like fucking tracksuits and like really Adidas, you know, Nike shit. And uh, I listened to him on Fresh Air, and he, of course, you did. Yeah, <laughs> he was on there with the with the Softy Brothers, and they they were after him for a long time. Specifically, they wanted him for this role. I knew that from uh, I wa- I listened to uh, the Rewatchables because they had uh, they had the Softy Brothers on there to talk about uh, Happy Gilmore. Yeah. And they talked a little bit about Uncut Gems, so they said he was the one that they were going after. Yeah. He talked a little bit about how the character... He knew the movie wouldn't work if you didn't like Howard at all, you know, like if you didn't want him to be successful. Yeah. Um, so I, I think in that respect, he was... His performance was good, because I, I did want... I did want the best for Howard. Yep. <laughs> Even though he's a little shithead. <laughs> I think they could have done a little bit more for me anyway to make him a sympathetic character. Cause I just watching him make all these stupid decisions and the way he treats his family, like ultimately, yes, I wanted him to win. But I feel like that could also just be because he's the protagonist of the movie and you're supposed to root for him. Yeah. It wasn't necessarily because I wanted him to succeed. He's just the guy we're following, well, he's, and he's eccentric. He's very charismatic. And, yeah, for sure. But it, it's the same thing with Good Time. Like, Robert Pattinson's character does shitty things the entire movie. Like, basically fucks over everyone he comes into contact with. But the whole movie, you're you're pulling for him. So, but I feel like Good Time plays with <clears throat> his morals a little bit more. Like, there are moments where you think he might do the right thing, and then he doesn't. Yeah. And I feel like there's just a little bit more, like, character complexity in Good Time than there is well, in Well, and there's the whole, like, overarching thing about him with his brother. Mm-hmm. Like, the end goal is, like, getting helping his yeah, brother out. Yeah. So, with this, like, it's just his, like, big score that you want to, like, pay off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Should we get into uh, do star ratings and then get into a brief uh, spoiler talk? 
Sure. Yeah. All right. I'm going four stars out of five. Five. <laughs> I thought maybe going in, I knew you were going to be a five, but then the conversation, I was like, I don't know, maybe four and a half, but this is like an honorary five. (laughs) (laughs) They're already in like this Scorsese, like PTA. Jesus. (laughs) I'm a 4.5. 4.5. Okay. Okay. Come on, Tom. Your love of basketball. Mm, Yeah. I think it's (laughs) clouding me just a little bit above the rim. (laughs) Uh, okay, so if you have not yet seen Uncut Gems, check the show notes. We will have a brief spoiler discussion. Uh, Travis, I'm assuming your favorite moment is when Adam Sandler says he's going to come. Oh, that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> the look on his face is so good when he says it. And it comes out of left field. You're just like, what? <laughs> that was a really funny moment. While the guy's like saying, you mistreat me. And I'm like, I'm going to leave and you're going to regret it. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty great how fixed he is on this item. It's crazy to me that he lends it out. Mm-hmm. But they put him in a situation and like you get enough of a, a sense for what it's like to work in that environment to yeah. know that your reputation, especially with people who are celebrities, mm-hmm. is super, super important. Well, and what so, happens right after that? Like he gets the yeah. Celtics ring and immediately yes. goes in. Boston. Oh, amazing! <laughs> I did love that moment. Yes. like as far as Floats like it. him making just really horrible decisions. Like it was that moment specifically. By the end of the movie, when he like doubles down with his bet and he does another parlay bet, I was like, okay, sure. I saw that coming. But yeah. the ring thing, it was early enough to where I didn't know how far he was willing to go, right? So when he takes Kevin Garnett's ring and he like pawns it and then gets it back by switching, I was like, yeah. this guy is out of control. And I love uh, it. God, how <laughs> did you guys have the same experience? For me, I was like, so remember the lull I was talking about? It's like over the weekend. And he had promised to go back for the ring on Friday. And there was a moment where he's like talking to his wife and I'm like, oh, fuck, he didn't get that ring, did he? <laughs> and it turns out not to be like too big of an issue but i was just like oh this guy he just can't keep it all straight yeah he just has to pick like his top priority and go for it because there's too many other things on the table i also love the scene at the auction it, it's very similar and like the scene we we're just talking about where he's like dealing with the person at the front mm-hmm. desk about the bid everything then, with like, the lady at the front desk the was actual great. auction itself with his like uh like father-in-law right no is I that think, who was or no arno's his father-in-law or his was it? His? I think it's his like. He's like a family like business associate. I oh, think. okay. Oh, I thought he was family. Yeah, family, but like he's not his. Like his wife's uncle or something. Yeah, something like that. Okay. That sounds right. Un- wife's uncle, maybe. Um, I didn't love the auction though, just because they do enough of the groundwork that well, my expectation gonna was happen. it's gonna be obviously he's not gonna he's gonna drive it up and he's gonna get stuck with it and he's gonna have to buy his own jewel back. Yeah. But you're right, though, when he's talking to that woman and he's, like, looking at the thing and he sees what it's uh, valued at and he freaks out. And that was a really good he's scene. He's on the phone with her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, pretending it's a different conversation. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys notice I was Tilda Swinton on the phone? Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I didn't. I knew that. it in the moment. Or I had a feeling. And then I saw it, I saw it in the credits. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Doesn't appear in the movie. Just hers. Yeah. She's on the other end of the, the, um, the phone. I loved the weekend. No, I didn't actually really love the I, weekend stuff. Yeah, I don't. He didn't need to be in there. 
I, I mean, I get it. Like, was he even a thing really in 2012? I mean, they kind of they're like brand new. This guy, of the weekend. It's gonna yeah, be I think crazy. he was like up and coming. He probably had point. like a demo out or something. EP. Um, uh, I loved the locker room scene, the halftime scene where KG just looks at the at the opal in his locker. And you hear Doc Rivers' voice or some oh, really yeah. good Doc Rivers impersonator just being like, we win as a team. Look at KG. Look at KG. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't love the – you guys were talking about how you love like the mystical element of the opal. Uh-huh. That's just another thing that – for me, I understand that there are people who obsess over that stuff. But I just had a hard time buying that like KG saw this thing had to have it and he it like affected his like game performance i think and... it totally works. yeah but some people are superstitious about that kind some of people stuff. are but no, i just i, I, don't I know. think it really really works for kg because his personality is so intense and so obsessive he's like famously obsessive he's one of the most successful basketball players of all time though like i can't imagine that you could be that successful while having such a reliance on those kind of like Super, if you could let something like that affect your game, I can't imagine you'd be as successful but as he was. He goes in there and he um, he shows his love of jewelry, right? He like demonstrates his his love and affinity for like diamonds and his interest in it, and uh, and then they bring out this opal, and then I think they set enough of a uh, you know, if not, it was pretty explicit. It's like this is like a symbol of black power kind of you know it's a black opal it's from ethiopia it was dug up by ethiopian jews you know like there's this weird history to it and i think that was enough for me to be like a believable thing that kg would just and i i can totally see him like just latching on being like just getting so hyped, like, oh, I'm going to crush it with this thing. Yeah. You know? For me, I thought that was really, really believable. And, and the reason that, that Kevin Garnett was the right choice to be the player that they bring in. Like, it could have been anybody, right? But I think he makes the most sense. Yeah. I think, ultimately, for me, it just boils down to that kind of behavior. I mean, I said this earlier, but I just, I just don't understand it. And it's really hard for me to connect <laughs> with that material <clears throat> On a deeper sense, which is why this movie is a four and, and not a five or a four and a half for me. I just, it's fun to watch, but I just don't find it that interesting just because the characters seem so unbelievable to me. While I recognize that there are people like that, just for me, it's just like, I'm like, why would you do that? It, that doesn't make any sense. I can't believe. So that's not the movie's fault. That's just my own personal, like, you know, I feel like I'm kind of at odds your, with it in a your sense. Your biasness. Yeah. I did also like the scene. It's like in the trailer where he's like, "This is me. This is how I win." Where he's oh talking yeah, to Kevin Durant. Oh my god! I mean, it's kind of like it's in all the trailers. Basically saying it was like, like the most twisted hype up speech ever. It was awesome. Yeah, but I mean, it's basically like giving like the theme of the movie in that scene. Yeah, it's uh, like cards on the table. I'm gonna keep doing this because I'm fucking crazy for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> I also like how, um. This movie's kind of like similar in the like career path of the Safdie brothers, like how they've basically like this was their like goal movie all along. Like this is their passion project, mm-hmm. and they've like used every movie they've made along the way to like basically get to this one. So it's like kind of like their big score in a way too. So what you're saying is they've they've peaked early, and that it's all downhill from here. 
No, no, no. Their whole lives, they've not been like, trying to make this film. They made it. They're not that old. <laughs> and it turns out the black opal doesn't have power after all. <laughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> I feel like we should talk about the ending. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe wrap it up. Yeah. Sure. So uh, it ends in the jewelry shop. Howard's character, uh, he's watching the game. He's placed this huge parlay bet. Basically, all the money that he got from the sale of the gem, he puts it on this parlay bet for the game. And he, like, previously had hyped up KG and was telling him he was going to kick ass and all this stuff. So he's, like, the, I don't know if they're mobsters or whoever those guys are, but these, like, gangsters, basically, try it's, to come in. Yeah. It's whoever loaned him the money plus his loan sharks that mm-hmm. he employs. And they all, I forget how, he buzzes them into the first room. And then doesn't let them in. It's like bulletproof glass. Doesn't let them in after that. So they're basically trapped in there while he's watching the game. And he wins the bet. <laughs> and he lets them in. And immediately gets shot in the head. And he's dead. Mm-hmm. How did you guys feel about that being the culmination of, of his journey? Well, I think it fits I, the theme. Yeah. I yeah. actually, while I was watching the game and like really excited about it, I was thinking, you know, I just really hope that that this works and he gets like he wins this bet and then if he gets killed afterward i'd be okay with that but i want him to win his bet and that's exactly what happened (laughs) it was weird i feel like you could have gone a couple ways like if he lost the bet we've already seen like what floor they're on you could have just like jumped out the window or something yeah there's just something on a thematic level I think it's perfect. Like, he gets his big score, but his past transgressions have now caught up to him, and he pays the price for it. Because mm-hmm. the whole movie is just about people trying to stay ahead and, and be on top of, of each other and each score. So thematically, I like it, but on, like, in an emotional level and just a story level, to watch that whole movie just to have the character get killed, like ultimately wasn't super satisfying like in the moment i was like oh shit Matt, what did you want from this movie yeah what did you want <laughs> i just like i said at the very beginning i just i enjoyed it but i didn't find it that interesting to go through all of that just to have the character die at the end it wouldn't have been right for him to like ride off in the sunset i don't think he no. needs to ride off in the sunset it would, but it would not be believable that he would let them out of that room and like not pay a price for it yeah but that price is so much less interesting to me but getting, he just gets killed. Getting like, to he watch dies him instantly. in that element, like right before his demise, is amazing. Because mm-hmm. like he yeah. has the upper hand, he's winning his bets. Like he's just like on top he's of on the cloud world. Nine. Yeah. He. Plus, I think it was uh, they did it in the perfect way because Arno had finally realized, like you know, whatever. Like this has gone far enough. I want my money, and then I'm done. Right? It's his. It's his guy who has like become more and more intense over the course of the movie who finally loses his shit. So Arno also pays the price because he got into bed with people that he never should have. Like, And the other thing that I think makes it all work is that it's the right amount of money. Like, it's... Like, in the grand scheme of things, it's kind of chump change, you know? It was like, like 1.3 mil or something like that? No, not even. That's what he thought he was going to get for... Oh, I guess... the Opal Yeah, that's, that's Adam Sandler's ultimate. But, like, all that stuff... That's what he gets him, at the end, isn't it? It, it is. It is. But the money he owns, he owes Arno, I think, is 100K. Yeah. Like, 100K? Like, how much is he paying these thugs to walk around with them every day, all day, and carry a gun and do all that stuff? Like, 
that's got to run him at least 100k over the course of like the week that they're after but him. When it comes to this kind of stuff, it's all like principle and like name recognition. Exactly. And... <laughs> I think that's what makes it so like it makes it um, uh, just stupid enough to be like, wow, you guys are really just running the rat race. <laughs> you know, you're not you're not actually making the big plays that you know people with real money make you're just like you're looking at twenty thousand dollars and doing everything you can to get it because it's like these weird short-term wins you know mm-hmm. so matt you're not going to get a howie tattoo no why would i get a howie tattoo <laughs> on your ass <laughs> no way <laughs> <laughs> no, um, she was pretty good julia fox that newcomer yeah she was good she as the mistress a fox. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's good I enjoyed her. Performances are pretty good across the movie, you know. Yeah. KG, I thought, did a good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially for not being an actor. Yeah. Okay. Is that going to do it for Uncut Gems? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. Let's go ahead and move on to Little Women. I believe we have another clip. Let's listen. I've always known I would marry Rich. Why should I be ashamed of that? It's nothing to be ashamed of. As long as you love him. Well, I believe we have some power over who we love. It isn't something that just happens to a person. I think the poets might disagree. Well, I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And as a woman, there's no way for me to make my own money. Not enough to earn a living or to support my family. And if I had my own money, which I don't, that money would belong to my husband the moment we got married. And if we had children, they would be his, not mine. They would be his property. So don't sit there and tell me that marriage isn't an economic proposition because it is. It may not be for you, but it most certainly is for me. All right. So Little Women is the new film from Greta Gerwig. And the film stars Saoirse Ronan, Emma Watson, Florence. What's the verdict on her last name? And the Pew, machine. Pug. Pew. Pew? Florence yeah. Pew? Pew. Puff. Florence Puff. <laughs> <laughs> Laura Dern, Timothy Chalamet, oh, and yeah. Meryl Streep. in it? You didn't know? Oh, man. Dude, this <laughs> cast is stacked. I'm withholding some names, even. It's just this, the Lady Bird and 20th Century Women cast. Merged. Merged. Yeah. <laughs> 20th Century Little Women. Uh, plot synopsis reads, Joe March reflects back and forth on her life, telling the beloved story of the March sisters, four young women, each determined to live life on their own terms. Do they mail a pair of pants to each other? Mm-hmm. And it travels. <laughs> uh, Tom did not see this movie, as you can probably garner from his comments thus far. Um, so this one's just me and Travis. I was not that excited to see this movie just because, one, it's a period piece. Emphasis yeah. on period. Am I right? All these women. <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> but, um, and I like Lady Bird a lot. I think Greta Gerwig, Greta Gerwig is very talented. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, with not having any familiarity with the previous, ad- previous adaptations or the book, like, I don't know. I didn't really know what to expect. And I loved it. I ultimately ended up loving it. It As the movie went on, the longer it went on, the more it won me over. And by the end of it, I was over the moon about it. All right. So very similar trajectory with Matt here. Yeah. Don't know anything about the the 
book, the previous adaptations, anything. Didn't know the story. Didn't really. I maybe saw a trailer. Yeah, me too. I didn't really see. Yeah, maybe one trailer. Not that I like was like avoiding it, but I wasn't really going out of my way. But yeah, Greta Gerwig was the main selling piece along with the cast. Um, maybe the best cast of the year. Yeah, it's pretty stacked. Yeah, I got to see this one before we do our our rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say I wasn't totally sold on the movie. <coughs> I was going to think, you know, good, but didn't quite ring for me but the last like 15 or 20 minutes just really elevated it yeah the whole time i i mean like i said i liked it more and more as the movie went on and then by the end of it i was like this i get it like yeah and now i know why everyone's been praising this movie and it's so like immaculately crafted like i couldn't like i can't think of one thing i don't like about the movie other than this is a really nitpicky thing but because I didn't really have any context for the book or the previous adaptations, I wasn't really clear when it was supposed to be set because I thought pretty early on it was like 1920s because there's reference to a war. But the war ends up being the Civil War, so it's shortly after the Civil War. But some of the clothes they wear and the houses felt more modern to me than the setting i was just like i kind of felt a little out of time and space watching it and that's probably just my own fault like not really understanding the context or maybe not recognizing i don't know how true to life this is as far as a period this guy's gotta leave his baggage at the door but i was just i don't know i just felt you didn't get that maybe it's just me but i was like i had a hard time pinning down like when exactly just become a clean slate matt <laughs> it was throwing me off i didn't know i because th- i i thought early on it was like 1920s but then someone makes a reference like their father is like a union soldier and i was like okay well union that must be the civil war i guess but well that would have been the isn't that the 1860s yeah which is, that is when this is set it's like 1870 ish yeah i think right sure yeah I, <laughs> don't ask me i did not think that this was the 1920s that's like way too late for an Oregon trail story it's not an Oregon trail story aren't they on the Oregon trail no pretty sure they are what takes place in Massachusetts really yeah Hmm. what am I thinking of Oregon trail it's an east coast movie (laughs) (laughs) well anyway we got a little sidetrack there throwing me off watching it was and part of it is because I don't have any context, but two like age? No 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 the editing like with things like out of order. Like it's nonlinear. Um yes. so that was throwing me off at first. I was like, wait, what I thought they already knew each other. Uh so it took a couple scenes for me to be, figure that out. But then yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it kind of bugged me, like, well why is what is the purpose of this? But then like towards the end of the movie it was light bulb banger yeah (laughs) yeah absolutely so i kind of had a similar experience but for a different reason for me it wasn't so much the jumping back and forth in and of itself for me it was it jumps back and forth over a span of seven years and we know in the later timeline florence Pugh's character is 20 which means she's supposed to be playing 13 
And those early flashbacks. They never looked younger or older to me in any of the scenes. Oh, they do. <laughs> so that's that's why it took me a little bit. But once I kind of got used to the language of the film in that, kind of similar to uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, where you know where you're at based on the color of her hair, it was a similar thing where you knew based on their haircuts. Yeah. Kind of where we were at in the timeline. So once I figured that out, the rest of the movie was a lot easier, but I was definitely thrown off. I mean, by you the have timeline. to like kind of suspend your disbelief in that regard because, especially like people that age, they're definitely going to like look differently over the course of seven years. Mm-hmm. So, also, I don't know their actual ages, but Emma Watson playing the oldest sister, kind of. Sarah Ronan, I think, looks older than Emma Watson. I don't know yeah. if that's true. Or probably I think, roughly I think the Emma same Watson's age. older. That may be the case, yeah. Like, probably, like, seven years older. I think the actresses wow. are all... I think... What? Nuh-uh. Saoirse Ronan's like... been acting for, like, 15 years. She's not yeah, that Yeah, but she was super young when she started. So was Emma Watson. They both gotta be, like, what, 30s? Early 30s? Well, Tom, you didn't see the movie, know. so you can do the research. Hugh is 23, I'm pretty sure. I yeah. just found out she was dating Zach Braff. Saoirse is... Kind of oh, barf! <laughs> Zach Braff? <laughs> <sighs> hold on i'm holding my holding just my broke my heart Travis. zach bar <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it kind of broke my heart too a little when i found that out. he's like 20 years older than her. yeah and he's a douche yeah well he looks he he definitely looks 40 something these days nowadays like, yeah I, I didn't realize because i haven't been keeping up with him but yeah hmm. she was she was roasting the internet though for them roasting her <laughs> about her, her uh, decisions in uh, life. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tom, we got the we got the ages yet? Uh, uh, yeah. So Sarsha is twenty five, and Emma Watson is twenty nine. So okay. four years difference. Okay. Okay. Emma Watson just looks. She hasn't aged much since the Harry Potter movies ended. No, she looks like a little baby. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I was just really won over by this movie's charm and its humor. It's really funny. It almost feels like like a Woody Allen movie in the sense that it's like very snappy dialogue and very rehearsed, but not in a bad way. It's like she clearly spent a lot of time with the actresses. Getting down the timing of lines and, and, and punctuating Timmy. things. Don't forget about and Timmy. Timmy. <laughs> Timmy kills in this movie. I had kind of briefly fallen out of love with T. Shaw just because he hasn't done that much since Call Me by Your Name. Yeah. I mean, he has done movies, but none that have really interested me that much. Right. He's great. Right this. back up there. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> right under gauze. <laughs> he's got to. I mean, he's got to work with Greta Gerwig, I guess, because he she just knows how to bring out this like mysterious sexy but also kind of awkward energy that he has loved it i thought florence Pugh and saoirse ronan were incredible Mm -hmm. i think emma watson is the weak link Mm. i don't think she's a bad actress by any means i've never been in love with her i'm just curious because uh, i was curious to hear about her because she hasn't done anything good since harry potter not that those are good excuse me you don't think those are good movies they're fine. <laughs> I enjoy watching I love them, the especially Potter the later movies. movies I enjoy watching, but um, but I just mean like she hasn't been anything uh, critically acclaimed. No, the Bling Ring ever. That was that was pretty mixed critically. 
Um, I so guess she's she was been busy with the UN. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to Brown. Um, so my, I think my favorite dynamic in the movie is Scott Cooper, ha- not Scott Cooper, Chris Cooper. Uh, has a relatively minor role as like a the patriarch of like the next door neighbor's house, and they have a ton of money. He's he's Tishal's dad, and there's a dynamic with him and Beth, the youngest of the uh, the four little women, that was just like so heartbreaking. Like there's a scene where she's you know what I'm talking about. She's playing piano, and he comes down the stairs. And just the way the picture is framed and his reaction and they have an interaction later in the movie that just I did I wasn't like full on crying at any point watching this movie, but I was like quite emotional a couple different times. Just the movie really, really exceeded my expectations. Like I can't think of a thing I didn't like about it other than what I was talking about with the time thing, but that that's yeah. just a me thing, I think. Not I'm sure when you watch it again, it would bother you less or the movie would it didn't really bother me. Make I just, more sense. Yeah, it. I just was fixated on like that. That house. I mean, what the fuck do I know about architecture, right? Like, <laughs> I was looking at this house. I was like, that kind of looks like the house from Home Alone. I don't know how old that house was in Home Alone, but I don't think it was 130 years old or whatever. You know, like that kind of stuff. That's not the movie's fault. That's just the house looked more like a the house from like Foxcatcher than Home Alone. Yeah, that's a good that's a good example. <laughs> <laughs> um, Laura Dern's in this movie, Tom. I don't know if I said that. Uh, oh, I heard her. The cast list, Meryl Streep. Yeah, um, when you see everyone just pop up one by one, it's like, oh, they're in this. Oh my god, they're in this too. It's huge. <laughs> it's amazing. Too Meryl annoying. Streep. <laughs> Meryl <laughs> Streep is again a pretty minor character in the grand scheme of things. You would think that. Oh yeah, because she's her. not risking her legacy anymore. She's just gonna pop in here and there for like these small little roles where people go, oh, "That's Meryl Streep." <laughs> um, yeah, I I will I say this. It. So I I like these two actors quite a bit, but I'm getting sick of them always being in like every movie now. It seems. Do you know who I'm talking about? Sarsha. Let me think. Give me a two moment older here. dudes. Should be pretty easy. <laughs> So, two older dudes. Yes. Mark Ruffalo. You're not talking about Chris Cooper. Nope. So, that... <laughs> older dude. Process of elimination. <laughs> the the publisher guy? Yeah. Who is that? that? Tracy Letts. You're tired of Tracy Letts? He's been in everything. He, he was, was in Lady Ford Bird. versus Ferrari. He was in this. He was in a trailer for a movie before Little Women. He's just, like, the old, like... He's you the know. new Bruce Dern. Kind of, yeah. He's like a... Or like a... Christopher Palmer. I don't know, he kind of reminds me of like a John Voight or like a... You're not giving him enough credit. I think Tracy Letts Whoa, is great. I think John Voight's a good actor. <laughs> I don't know. Have you seen 24? 24. <laughs> he the, plays like a... The show? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> He's in one of those seasons. No, I, I like him. I just feel like... Maybe we could like spread it. This spread guy, it Tracy Letts, looks a lot older than he is. He's only 54. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Bob Odenkirk, though, dude, he's in everything. He came out of nowhere. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, you mean like in the movie or? In the movie. Oh, okay, I was yeah. like, fuck Bob Odenkirk. I was like, the... well, Breaking Bad made. Oh, I like Bob career. Odenkirk, though. I thought. <laughs> so do I. I, I was a I little... like both of them. And 
I like them both in the movie, but I just see them way too often, it feels like. It was a little jarring because you wouldn't really peg him for this kind of movie. A period piece. Yeah. So when he shows up, I was like... It took. I had like a double yeah. take thing. Bob Odenkirk will be though. forever two thousand and one. It's the only time he belongs in. <laughs> um, yeah. So I don't have too much more to say beyond that. I thought it was very well. The written. movie looked amazing too. Yes, some really cool images. Glad. I'm pretty sure it was shot on film. Sure looked like it. Glad it was. There's something about you got to do period pieces on film. I think got to get that like texture well there's there would be like a weird disconnect if you did it on digital because it's like that's new technology so to try and do a period piece film digitally like there would be like what about some wires oh yeah that was digital wasn't it that's true you can't really tell though it's the cohen's (laughs) they know what they're doing (laughs) they put all the film underwater for three seconds pulled it out is this a lock for uh best costumes you think um, I'm trying to think of what the Downton Abbey is there an Anna Karenina this year we don't know about Downton Abbey is probably the, um, the equivalent but this is an easy one to give Greta right costumes yeah well not that it's her work I guess per se but about best director? it's her movie no like to give little women best costume would be an easy win to give little women is what I'm saying I know but you could give Greta best director I ain't giving her shit. <laughs> <laughs> Guess she's up against the uh, the old man. I yeah, I don't know. I mean, not that the uh, the Oscars, Who, the Irishman. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's winning everything. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll see what happens, but Tom, I do think you should if you get the chance over the next two weeks. I think you would really enjoy this. You movie. know, I don't know why these um, these lady movies come out at Christmas every year makes it difficult to see them before the year end i missed 20th century women last year or two years ago whenever that was three years ago dude. it totally makes sense why this one was set during christmas i know they come out at christmas because then you know the moms and daughters go see it together i'm pretty sure and because they want to win oscars but um it just makes them hard to see and i was bummed that i didn't see 20th century women in time and i will not make the same mistake with this one one last th- oh, sorry. oh I was going to say there are some good spoilery moments we could get into but better we not. shouldn't we'll spare but yeah they're good but if you would only presumably you'd only listen to the spoiler section if you've seen the movie talking about the stuff that happens I don't know I don't really have that much to say just, was it impactful yes just saying it I will say without getting specific I don't know. Did you see, uh, were there a lot of people in your screening? Probably not because it was in the morning, right? Uh, it was like maybe half full. Mine was a packed house at one of the big screens at Oak Tree. So maybe like 100 people, something like that. And there's a specific moment where a a character passes away. Switcheroo? The old switcheroo? <laughs> no, What? Never mind. <laughs> There's a character who passes away. And Spoilers. I heard so many sobs like throughout the theater because it was so it was like dead quiet. So I could hear like all around me just like sniffling and like people choking on their their tears and like it was it was all women who were who were it was a mostly there was mostly women in the theater. So I could tell by the sounds that it was. 
I don't know why I brought that up. But what are you saying? You're saying <laughs> you hate women. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying that this movie, I think, is is important in that all almost all the characters are women, and they all, as far as their stories, the way she's adapted the the original novel, it's like. It's a period piece, yes, but it goes out of its way to feel a bit more modern, mm-hmm. and I think it really resonates with particularly young women. I could see it really like just blowing them away. Well, yeah, I was pretty without blown away spoiling myself. it. The last like fifteen or twenty minutes or so, where like it's like where it gets meta. Yeah, that's the part where I just kind of fell in love with the movie. Yeah, and yeah, it's good shit. Leave it at that. It's good shit, Tom. Okay, real good. Star ratings, gotta go five. Five out of five. Just getting fives out left and right. Yeah, it's two in one show. It's fucking nerd. Oh, don't even start with me. Have you seen this guy's letterbox lately? Everything is fine. Oh man, cram jam. It's that time of year. <laughs> Something must be wrong with his star rating system. <laughs> Not everything. Only two. Okay. We'll talk about. Okay, him. Matt's got a generous heart. You know, I love. I love. What movies. do you What do you think he's doing? Is he force feeding for the top ten, or is he? Is he putting out fake fives to throw us off? Definitely not the latter. <laughs> I knew you would do that. <laughs> so let's. Uh, that's a perfect segue for moving into what else we've been watching. Uh, I've seen a lot of 2019 films, um, so I don't know who wants to go first. Tom, did you see much? Well, I did see a couple things. Uh, let me see my diary. Did you guys see 1917? No. I don't think it's playing. It doesn't come yet. out till next weekend. Oh, really? I will be there. It's playing in Dolby. Ooh, where? Linwood? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what I finally got around to? Blue Ruin. Mm. First time watch? Yeah. What'd you think? Uh, it was good. You know? I didn't think it was as amazing as I was expecting based on all the praise I heard from people. Come on, though. The ending of that movie. Well, yeah, you know, like a first time feature, like coming out of nowhere. Second it's, time feature. Oh yeah, true. Murder party. Yeah. I preferred um, Green Room. Me too. Just had a little bit more energy to it, you know. Yeah. Uh, a I also more saw polished, Minding the Gap. Finally. Oh, also a first time. Wait, you never watched that? No. I thought you did. No. Huh. Well, there were just have... so many skateboarding movies that year that they all got mixed up together. Would it have made three? your top ten? No. Hmm. Tom, I thought it was good, but um, a little too DIY. A little too DIY, <laughs> probably a little bit too. Um, just like it was sad, but not enough. Um, you know, not enough like momentum. I think probably the most powerful moment for me was when uh, the uh, director forget his name. Um, Bing Lu. Yeah, Bing Lu. When his mom was talking into the camera. That was pretty. That was pretty good. Yeah, or kind of like pretty heart wrenching. Yeah, kind of. Um, what? It? It's a documentary. The whole thing is breaking the fourth wall. Well, that particular documentary. I feel like during that moment, like, or it, maybe it's like a more confrontational style thing. Or I like think it the, just felt different because does the, the camera go the to camera him had, at that point? Yeah, like yeah, he yeah, Becomes a part of it. So yeah, it's yeah. not breaking the fourth wall. It's just pulling in, inserting the, the director. What is that called? <laughs> well, I mean, that would be breaking the fourth wall if the movie didn't do that a lot already throughout the movie. True. You know what okay. I mean? Fair enough. Yeah. I've seen it three times. <laughs> so I've, uh, I remember some of that stuff a bit more. 
Um, those are the only things I watched. Uh, oh, I finished The Witcher season one. Oh. It is definitely a bad show. I will probably watch season two when it comes out. Not nearly enough monsters. <coughs> this plot sucks. This is the acting junk is food for you? largely questionable. Um, the writing is bad. So I like the monsters. And I liked some of the choreography and the fighting. Force feed. And it was scratching the old Game of Thrones itch. You know, mm-hmm. I need me some popcorn fantasy to watch before I go to bed. Does uh, Henry Cavill hang dong? No. No? I'm sorry, bud. He does not. Damn it. All right. Bummer. I might still watch it. Removing that from the... The fact that you, you went out of your way to watch that and have not started Watchmen yet? Correct? I saw the first episode. And you didn't immediately just want to watch all the other ones? Not really. It is kind of weird that... Oh, based off your review of Witcher that you were just like, I'm going to finish Witcher, but not resume Watchmen. I'll get around to Watchmen, I guess. Sorry, I'm not... Did you guys both watch Watchmen and like, love it or something? I watched the first episode, and I'm pretty excited to continue. <laughs> it's good. I thought the first... I mean, it gets better, mm-hmm. but I think that first episode, like, I was hooked from the first episode. I don't know. I watched it with Sarah, and she just like couldn't give less of a shit about really? any of that stuff. So um, it's barely a superhero thing. I know, but Regina King that doesn't sell her. Yeah. I, I guess not. That score, it's good, right? It's really oh, yeah, good. A couple bangers. In the I'm probably gonna have to rewatch the first episode before I dive back in. It's gonna be either that or Chernobyl, I think, for the next like serious. TV watching show, one. hit it and quit it. It's like <laughs> miniseries, you know. Yeah, <clears throat> love that. Five, six episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. I finished it a couple days ago. I watched the finale of Watchmen, and mm-hmm. it is one of the best TV shows I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I was blown away. Every episode, there's like all these new threads that are introduced, and it just gets deeper and richer. And I was like, how the fuck are they gonna like? Because by, like, the final, like, two or three episodes, you're like, there's a lot of strings that are out there. Like, how are they going to tie this all together? And by the end of it, like, every single thing gets tied together, and it's so satisfying. And I think it's important. They basically took Watchmen and made it about racism. Like, that's yeah. kind of how this new show is framed. Right. And I think it does a really good job of being entertaining while also recognizing that it's a very real thing that's happening right now. Like it, the way it modernizes the Watchmen story and kind of puts it in a modern context, I think it's like expertly done. Mm. I loved it. I think it's one of the best things I saw. Yeah. My brother or television. He loves it. He told me <coughs> I, uh, it's a must see. So. Better than uh, true detective season one. Mm, it's close. They're probably on par with each other. That's it's very good. That's like the Holy grail of, television as far as like a standalone season season one of true detective it's pretty good it's pretty fucking good hard to beat speaking of <laughs> i can't uh, think of anything <laughs> speaking of television have either of you guys watched that show you no no it came back season two that show is amazing <laughs> it like, is in the worst way or <laughs> it's the most entertaining show that i watch i think it's very problematic, but it knows it is. Like the the main actor, I've talked. I saw the first season last year. So like the show is about a guy. 
he's like an obsessive boyfriend and he ends up like murdering people and the lengths that he goes to for love like that's kind of what the show is about and season two basically they run even further with it and it's basically dexter like he's just a full-on fucking murderer at this point Mm -hmm. and every episode is like the craziest twists and turns and it's like soap opera bullshit like you're just like what the fuck but it's so entertaining mm. like i would compare it to to riverdale in that sense because riverdale is also kind of like melodramatic and over the top but i think this does a better job because it's like you're not supposed to like the guy but you do and that's part of the reason why the show has got a lot of criticism because he's like objectively horrible and the things that it perpetuates are very problematic as far as his treatment of women violence against women and making making you basically be horny for a serial killer right Mm. but it's it's so entertaining did you get horny for him for him yeah (laughs) he's pretty hot Wait, is the so? I think I heard or read this that the first season of that originally aired on like Lifetime or yeah. something like that, and then Netflix bought it, put it on their service, and then it just blew, it blew up. up. And it's like one of the biggest shows like ever, right? Or at least for Netflix. For Netflix, yeah, yeah. that's crazy. Stranger Things was number <laughs> one. The Witcher was number two, and I think You was like four or five or something. But of, that's just that's just crazy, like. Because it, it didn't make like any noise on Lifetime, no, and then it's just, like huge. It's really entertaining. It's stupid, and you watch it and you're like, I can't believe this. I can't like it's just so stupid, <laughs> but it's really entertaining. It's a fun, fun show. Yeah, I still am not gonna watch. <laughs> I'm not gonna watch. It. I don't know, you guys. Sorry, man. There's too much to watch. I can't subject myself to you i don't think you would be disappointed <laughs> if you watched especially with chelsea if you and chelsea need a show to watch maybe she's already seen it but i think chelsea would love it we already have a problem like prioritizing what we watch so adding something like you to the mix will only complicate things. you won't regret it <laughs> i don't know i'm i'm stoked on Watchmen, so gonna stick with that for now and i gotta get back into breaking bad <clears throat> still only on like episode four of my rewatch. <laughs> Episode four of season one. You have got I can't believe you thought you were going to do tall that before. to climb, my I know. friend. It Sorry. Are you just not going to watch El Camino now? Quite the journey. I don't know. Well, once I finish my rewatch Breaking Bad. So you're not going to watch. If you finish Breaking Bad, you're not going to have time to cram anything else. What do you. I don't for, care. For 2019. Oh, El Camino is not making my Cram Jam? You don't care? No. How do you know? You don't know. I know. It's named. It, you love cars. <laughs> no, Bart it's called car, El truck. Camino. No, I mean, come on, come on. It's too much of like a you can put your piano in the back. It's too of much car. of a grab. Breaking Bad movie. Come on, I wasn't that excited for it when it was announced. Don't you think Breaking Bad is one of the best TV I shows love Breaking of all time? Bad, but we don't need a movie. Well, there is one. And I know. I it's hate, just sitting there I don't waiting like for you. Series do that. Just let it. Dude, the the first X Files movie. Fight yeah, the future. Don't start. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tom? Just let it be. I thought El Camino was a good addition. Okay, whatever. Not oh, me. yeah. You're the only one who's watched it, huh? <laughs> it wasn't needed, though. Yeah. See? Could have lived without it. Yeah. 
You know what else I could have lived without? Every subsequent ser- uh, season of um, uh, True Detective and Big Little Lies. <clears throat> Big Little Lies season two is Well, good. season two of True Detective was trash. I haven't seen season three. Big Little Lies season two Not is worth your time. solid, though. Worth your time. <laughs> <sighs> Just watch Green Book. It's like season three, but in a way shorter amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> For real? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. All right. Travis, did you watch a lot? Uh, Let's see. I, I watched, literally only uh, have 2019 stuff, so. We could talk about uh, Honeyland. I just finished that before you guys got over. Oh, yeah. I watched that today, too. Nice. I didn't see. Did you see what I logged it as? I did. I feel pretty similar. I gave it a four. It was good. Last 15 minutes or so really amped it up for me. Not oh, me. God, every time. Really? Last 15 minutes. Yeah. Why? Just the way it ended and it kind of like. It's kind of a downer, I guess, but. Yeah, but in a good way. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like the first like half or two thirds was like kind of meandering or repetitive, and I was just like, "What is the whole point of this?" But then towards the end, I was like, "Okay, I get it." And I mean, I I, I got it. it the whole time. <laughs> I just no, I I I got it too. But I think there's just like an added element at the end. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's beautiful. It, it looks, needs it a, looks awesome. It needs a 4K. Am I right? It looks fucking rad. But if we could just you know turn the dial a little bit, a little more rad. Move it from Hulu <laughs> and put it on Netflix or something, so yeah. we can get that 4K content. Um, yeah, it's kind of it's basically a slice of life documentary. Like, there's no talking head stuff. The cameras are just there observing these like villagers, particularly one woman and her uh, and her mother. Who's mm-hmm. ill in the bed? Yeah, it was it was kind of repetitive. I mean, there were some I won't call them story threads, but there's like a little bit of a rivalry with this other guy in the village with the the honey gathering, and that that goes some places that I thought was interesting. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, it was a little slow. I just I just like the whole like fly in the wall. <coughs> like taken to another place and just like you get to experience like someone else's life who is like vastly different from my own. Yes. <laughs> Which is cool, but there's a lot of documentaries like yeah. that. And while this is a very impressive documentary, I just, I don't know. I, I feel like it's not really doing anything I new read... or saying anything particularly poignant. Like I was slightly moved, but I don't know. Yeah. I read, after I watched it, that there they did like over four hundred hours of footage, and the directors don't speak Turkish, so like they were just there. I don't filming? think they knew what they were really capturing, and then they like found the movie in all of their footage and like with like a translator and stuff, and like so there was not down and they didn't have an interpreter there with them at all. How did they for, convince for them based to off them what I read? Them? I don't know, but they just showed up with cameras <laughs> and they were like. Yeah, you which could be seems, here for our most intimate moment. Sure, which seems weird given like yeah some of the scenes we get, but that's what I read. Wikipedia sounds made up. <laughs> we heard it here first. It's good. I don't think like a lot of people have been really praising this thing. Like I've seen it top a couple like 2019 lists, and I was like, man, I gotta see this fucking thing. I'm the doc guy. Like I gotta see this and. 
Yeah. So it was good. It was know. ultimately kind of disappointing. I don't, the poster's really good, too. I feel like the poster it is. sells yeah, yeah. the movie. <laughs> There's some beautiful imagery, um, but yeah. it's a little samey. It, yeah. It, yeah. It's kind of slow, too. Yeah. Which, I don't, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but... Yeah. Just didn't do it for me. Didn't do it for me. I would recommend One Child Nation for, mm-hmm. like, 2019 docs. You didn't... It is kind of hard to watch, too. Just, like... With like the way that the other family child abu- abuse and treats shit. the animals, and yeah, the way that they parent their children, and just like watching her struggle, like dealing with like aiding for her mom, like Bruce, I think uh, it worked. Watching I... that lady eat a banana, yeah, brutal. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely brutal. I think it works as a comparison, though. Like we get to see how like compassionate she is compared to this other family who's yes. like in a similar trade, like. I think the the contrast works there. Yeah, I agree. Um, Good stuff. Uh, last night I watched. You actually put this on my radar, Travis. It's a documentary called "Tell Me Who I Am," and I'm not gonna really say anything about it, other than I heard more than I wanted to. But it sounds like one of those ones that you'd be better going in cold. Yes, the colder. I went in pretty much completely cold, other than like the I see. Netflix synopsis. Frosted. You read it? You were just supposed to click play, Matt. Did you read it? I had already seen it on there, though. Okay. I had seen it. I just hadn't watched it yet. But in very general terms, it's about twin brothers, one of whom experiences amnesia due mm. to an accident. Oh, yeah. I saw something about that. And it goes places that you don't expect it to go. Uh, by the end of it, I felt a little exploited by the filmmaking. You haven't seen it yet, but go figure. A documentary about <laughs> not so much. It, it felt like I was being led on a little bit. Like the filmmakers were like milking me because I just wanted so badly to know <laughs> what was gonna happen. And it just like it's not a long documentary, but they kind of stretch it. You know what I mean? Mm. It's really fucking good though. By Your the end of it, I was good words, in milk. Matt. Come on. <laughs> Worth a watch. Milking ne- it, stretching it. <laughs> Netflix. Check it check her out. Good <laughs> okay. Um I don't know, I could just rattle off. I have like I don't have much to say about some of these. Um rattling rattle them. I'm uh, let me just rattle them closing off. In on- I'm just yeah. Let's just get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the report. Adam Driver. Do I need to watch this piece of shit? It's pretty good. Nah. It's pretty good. But is it for you? No. Okay. I think Tom would like it more than you. Yeah. I don't think you need to watch this, Travis. So if it was on your cram jam list. Gotta keep this drive train driving. Yeah, there. Bump it. Um, it's well done. It's uh entertaining. Adam Driver is really good. It's a cool story, but Does he sing? No. So don't Sounds bother. about what you would expect from this movie? Yes. All right. Solid, but sounds super boring. Yeah, you don't need you don't need to catch up with it. It's not. You would like it, but okay. don't don't force it. Long shot. Seth Rogen, Charlie's their own. Mm. That's about all I have to say about it. Yeah. It's solid. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it was the. It has its great you guys, but. It's very, it's just a little too generic. Like, in no universe would Seth Rogen be dating Charlie's their own. So, like, you, you get over that pretty quickly. But 
it, it's a little too sentimental by the end of it. He's very funny. He is very funny. He is. Women love that. Yes. Women also find him very attractive. Wait. But he's not. <laughs> they do? They do. Yeah. Haley does. Seth Rogen? Yeah. Interesting. I mean, the beard. I'm not, I'm not bashing Haley. I mean, look at who she's dating. Well, like, <laughs> I mean, it, me and Seth Rogen got the know. dad bod. Beard I just don't name. see him making like a, you know. GQ's sexiest man alive. <laughs> I don't see that either. Um, it was fine. Whatever. Uh, Wild Rose. I now we're that. talking. You that, did watch it. It was okay. More like one of the best performances of the year. I do really like her. She's fantastic. Yeah. So Tom, this is a uh, Scottish, yeah, Scottish movie about a Sarsha. young woman, a young woman who wants to be a country singer, and she gets out of prison. And it's about her trying to get back on the horse and get a career. But she's self-sabotaging and she has kids. And What's it called? Wild, Wild Rose. Rose. Wild Rose. I loved it. I thought it was moving. I thought she gave a great performance. It was funny. Very worthwhile. It's on, I believe, Hulu. Yeah, Hulu. Jesse Buckley. Yes. She, one of my favorite performances of the year. I loved it. Quite good. You should watch... Uh... That movie Beast from a year or two ago. She's in that as well. Jesse Buckley? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's on my uh, voodoo, I think. Yeah, I've seen it on there. Okay. That's Wild Rose. Uh, the Sun is also a star. Wait, is it because she has red hair? It's part of it. Is that why I got five? Part of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a one-star bump. Okay. The ginger bump. Yeah, the ginger bump. Um, I don't like that one either. The, the Sun is also a star. I did not pick this movie. What Haley is this? It. It's a garbage oh. YA rom-com <laughs> horseshit. From this year? Or? Yeah. Oh, from okay. 20, well, not this year. From 2019, yeah. Right. Uh, boy and girl meet in New York City by chance. Girl's about to get deported. Boy basically makes a bet that he can make her fall in love with him. So it's like a bad, like crazy? How to kind lose a guy in 10 days? <laughs> it's just horseshit. It's horrible. <laughs> they have zero chemistry. Uh, the movie is filled with coincidences. Did Haley like it? Not really. No, <clears throat> it's bad. It's not a good movie. I tried to talk. I, we did the thing where it's like you pick <laughs> a movie, around. I pick a movie thing. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. on New Year's we watched three movies, so it was like I'll pick one, you pick one. So she picked it, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I knew it was supposed to be bad, but I was like, okay. <laughs> no, she did not like it very much. Uh, Gloria Bell, the new film from disappointing. Yes. I gave it a three out of five. It was boring. Yeah. Julianne Moore's good, but it's like nothing fucking happens in the movie. She has a relationship with John Torturo. He's a douche. Yep. Puts his kids first, which why would you if you're dating Julianne Moore? Fuck your kids. But uh, <laughs> Ginger bump. It was fine. He doesn't hang dong. Julianne Moore, she doesn't hang did dong, you know, she's naked. So that's the, the director who did. Fantastic Woman and Disobedience. Yeah. But I think he also did the original of Gloria. Like, he did a remake of his own movie, and it's called Gloria Bell. Did you know that? That's what this is? He's remaking one of his own movies? He either remade his own movie or re. No, you're right. 2013 Gloria, okay. directed by Sebastian Lilio. Hmm. Yeah. So he he pulled the Michael Hanukkah. Hell yeah. Well, that was a shot for shot re- <laughs> remake. But <laughs> Well, how many directors remake their own movies? Not many. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair point. Uh, not very good. Three out of five. It it was fine, but 
I didn't need to. I didn't need to see it. Nothing happens. Diane, another mm. five banger. I want to watch this. This one's huge. It's. I would rank it a little higher than Wild Rose. It's basically about a small town. I think it's set in Virginia. So he just like said that. that there's a good chance Diane will be on his top ten, but probably not Wild Rose. That's not true. <laughs> I just said I liked it a little bit more than Wild Rose. <laughs> Maybe we're talking number one and two here, bud. You don't know. Uh, this one's number nine. Wild this is Rose the is Kent, number ten. <laughs> Kent Jones film. Yes. Uh, it's about a woman, I think, living in Virginia who is very kind and is very involved in the community. And as the movie progresses, you realize she's kind of trying to redeem herself for some past transgressions. And there's a relationship with her son that gets kind of fucked up. And it's just... It's moving and it's funny, and she also gives an incredible performance. Um, it's pretty low budget, but very well done. It doesn't look cheap by any means. It's just a small, a small movie. But I loved it. I'm okay with that. <clears throat> uh, I already talked about "Tell Me Who I Am." I think that's it. Yeah, the report, long shot, Wild Rose, and I was also a star. Gloria, Diane. Yep, that's all I got. And then Watchmen, fucking watch it. It's the best show ever. <laughs> Uh, even though you told me not to, I watched High Flying Bird. And? Not much to say. Yep. Watched it. It happened to you. <laughs> yeah, it did. <laughs> it was okay. I guess it's impressive you made it on an iPhone. That's <clears throat> that's about the most redeeming quality I can give it. GoPros are next. Yeah. So, Tom loves basketball. You, I would not recommend that he watch it, even him loving basketball. Would yeah, there's agree? not much to do with basketball. I don't really know. Even though about it's this movie. like centered around the NBA in a sense, I guess. Steven Steven Soder turd. <laughs> it's just iPhone basketball movie. He's like an agent. It sucks. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I watched American Factory. Oh yeah, yeah. And I liked it. I didn't love it. It's, it's interesting just, though, right? I mean, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really have much to say about it, but. Um, yeah, I guess it was cool seeing. I like seeing the contrast between the the Chinese workers and the American workers, just yeah. the, the the ethos that they carry. Like, it's interesting. Yeah, and just like, yeah, they're different views and them trying to interact with each other. And as far as like fly on the wall documentary, the whole difference between like the union and you know non union, unionizing and all that stuff. Yeah, as far as like fly on the wall documentaries, I prefer that to Honeyland. I think I liked Honey Land a little bit more. Tom's falling asleep over here. Uh, <laughs> I don't really have much to talk about. I did watch two really bad movies. Let's hear it. Real quick. So I watched Tammy and the T-Rex. You ever heard of this? Yeah, I have heard of it, it's yeah. Like a, that was an episode of Barney, right? <laughs> no, it's like a crazy, like, it's almost like a like a trauma movie or something from like the 90s. Isn't that an old? Oh no, it's not. I I think I heard about it on like Doug Loves Movies or something. Maybe it's I've, like emulating like schlocky like seventies like not Grindhouse but just like shitty horror, right? Yeah, How it's do a, you it's even really find like this it's like shit. A, well, nineteen ninety four. Yeah, why eighty two minutes? Let me explain why I watched this. No, that's not why. <laughs> so I think yes, it was it Vinegar Syndrome, who's like one of those like boutique Blu Ray distributors. It's because Denise Richards is in it. No. They just put out 
a 4K of this. Like they just did like a huge physical release for it. Can you pull the trigger on it? No, definitely not going to blind buy this thing. (laughs) So I saw it was streaming on Showtime, and I thought perfect way to uh, waste your time. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But in retrospect, I'm glad I streamed it instead of. I would have never blind bought it, but I would rewatch almost anything from before I even (laughs) tried this. I just don't understand. Thought it might be fun. Uh, I would rewatch Blue Streak with Martin Lawrence before I would watch this year. You, movie. I don't know. This this might be fun to watch like with a group, yeah. but watching by myself wasn't that fun. Um, but basically, the premise of the movie is like Paul Walker gets like kidnapped by this like crazy doctor, like scientist type person, and they like take his brain and like put it in a dinosaur, and then. Like the dinosaur is Paul Walker, and he like his girlfriend's trying to save him. It, it's really dumb, but okay, and not really worth your time. But I'm glad <laughs> I didn't buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> and then I also watched Kentucky Fried Movie. Saw it was on Amazon Prime. Pretty short, but pretty terrible. What are you doing? With I don't your, know with your time. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of continuing watchman i'm watching kentucky fried movie there there's so we talk so often about how there's so much to choose from when we watch things well i've heard things about kentucky fried movie i've heard things about a lot of things (laughs) i'll say good things john landis directed it you know Uh 83 minutes semi-curious so this is this is what it boils down to short movies you can cram them in yeah you're logged films list on letterbox ticks up one more you're just trying to get like ten thousand movies on there no that's not it how many movies you got in 2019 it's i think i hit maybe a little over 400 (laughs) not 2019 movies oh no 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 but movies in 2019 2019. oh i'm at like what let's look at my list here i think i'm at 85 right now i'm at oh well over 100 i'm pretty sure (laughs) We got a uh, 119. Jesus. Still growing. Should be at like 130 by the time we record. <laughs> okay, I'm going to check mine just for shits. But yeah, uh, do you know anything about Kentucky Fried Movie, either of you? Other than I've heard the name a lot by, over uh, the years, but I, okay. I don't know what it's about. It almost reminds me of that stupid show that you like on Netflix. I think you should leave? Yeah. <laughs> that, what? Well, because it's like a sketch comedy like movie. Movie. Huh. Um. But it's like based around like a, like a news, channel. But it's just like a bunch of different like, skits, and they're all played for humor, obviously. But it's just like really dumb and like immature humor. And I know some people are into that, and maybe it was like, for the era, it was funny or it worked. But it just comes off as like, so juvenile watching it today. Like one of the skits is. Um, like a couple having sex on the couch, like while they're watching the news. And then like the, it's like as if the people who are on the news channel can like see what's going on in the living room. And they're like laughing and like making jokes about the people making now and like having sex on the couch. It's, it's really dumb. <laughs> Not for me. Um, so not for anybody really. 
Yeah, well, I did you all a favor, so you can scratch this from your now we know your watch list. I watched twenty six movies, so I'm not scraping the bottom of the barrel the way you are. Okay, well, so your top ten is going to be like half the movies you saw. <laughs> <laughs> There's just going to be some that just squeak on there just by virtue of you needing ten. <laughs> so, uh, it chapter two is my number ten pick of the year. <laughs> I watched. This. Wait, did you even see that? You didn't, did you? <laughs> Watch this last night because I only had nine. <laughs> Wait, do you feel? Have you actually looked yet? Like, do you feel good about a top ten? Oh, I'm sure I don't. Yeah. When you think about all the stuff you haven't seen, but you sure, usually but, you mean, usually stick to the cream, right? Yeah. What do you like mean? You try and you don't waste a lot. You of seek time. out the cream. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I separate the wheat from the chaff for sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wasting your time on, you know, Charlie's Angels or Midway or like you're not even thinking about those. I forgot they existed. <laughs> well, those two, no. I didn't watch those either, but. I mean, you you guys saw the list I sent you of the stuff that is like on my radar for this time of year. Like, you don't give a fuck about that. Like, no, like none of them. I'll watch anything. Like, I, if I've heard one person say this movie is amazing, like, sure, put it on the list and see what we can do. On the off chance that you might just love it. That's how you find those uncut gems. Exactly. Exactly. Those black opals. (laughs) Last year, it was 1985 because of Travis and Beverly Loughlin. This year, is it Diane? Is it Wild Rose? Is it both? Is it the Peanut Butter Falcon? (laughs) We don't know. You have to wait and find out. What are the foreign films for the year that are getting all the- Parasite, dude. Oh, Ash is Purest White. Parasite. Have you seen that yet? No, it's on Canopy, though. I could probably help you out with your list. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I saw some of your, like, where you're trying to watch it at, but there's other means. I'm talking about. There's a couple Canopy ones. Legal means. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, I I think there were some on Canopy where you were, like, you put, like, Amazon VOD or whatever. I literally just go based off of Letterboxd. Like, you can go where to watch. Oh, that feature is just amazing. I don't want to put in that much work, dude. Well, I'm just saying, you need to sign up for Canopy. So I signed up for a free trial on Fandango and uh, VOD. Is for real. So <laughs> but I don't have, I don't have like a, a... A library card? No, I have a library card, but... I, so sign up. I would have to do like a the Chromecast, like... And it doesn't work with my iPhone. Haley has to do it on her fucking Pixel. What are you talking about? I can't get my iPhone to work with the Chromecast. Oh, like as a remote? Yeah. Does it not no, come no, to like to to cast to the Chromecast? Oh, that's how it works. Yeah. It's not just like a Fire Stick. No. You have to cast from a phone or something. Yeah, or a laptop or something. Yeah. That is but the dumbest thing I've ever. Done. It's not like a Fire Stick. It's I not thought like... it was just like a Fire Stick. Mm-mm. Are you Why sure? Why won't your iPhone do it? <laughs> yeah, pretty sure, bud. <laughs> huh? Why won't your iPhone do it? I don't know. I've read but things that say it should. It depends on the app. You have to have an app that allows you to cast to a, a streaming stick, basically. What year is this? Why can you not do this? It's like, iPhone. Dude. I'm not blaming you. iPhone I'm wants just me to get an Apple TV by... or Apple Sticker or whatever the fuck it's called. <laughs> you guys need uh, Apple Slice. <laughs> need the old TCL television. Roku built right in. I bet Canopy's got an app on there. I got. Oh yeah. That's what I use. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. On the Roku? Yeah. What? Yeah. You have a Roku TV? Yeah. I got a t- uh, TCL. Oh, shit. You didn't know that? 
feel like I said every I time we that. bring up TVs. I got the you got the your same. version, but sixty-five. What I mean, do I have fifty-five. Come on, <laughs> you sure? Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about. This. I mean, I have apps on my uh, Samsung TV. Huge. I haven't in my, checked in my small room. <laughs> Feels like seventy-five. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, oh, it's forty-three degrees out, but with the wind, it feels like forty-one. <laughs> Anything else you guys watch that you want to mention? Oh no, just got to get back to it for next week or next episode. Next episode is going to be our best of 2019 blowout. The reason why we do this show. It's my, I look forward to it. It's why I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it the whole year. Um, so what that means is we would like for the listeners to submit a list. You can do a list. You can do just a write-up of your favorite movie of the year. Probably, pre- preferably a write-up about your favorite movie of the year. It doesn't have to be long, but just tell us what your favorite movie was and why it's your favorite. Alternatively, if you want to submit a top 10 list, you can, but if you put like a blurb with each one, I'm not going to fucking read it because I don't got time for that shit. But if you want to send your top 10 list, I'll read it. Paris sent me her top 10. So we'll be, you'll be hearing Paris's top 10. I got to see that thing. We'll get a Haley top 10. Chelsea usually picks like one, but I'm sure she could provide a top 10 if she wanted to. But preferably, send us a little brief paragraph about your favorite movie of the year, and we'll uh, sprinkle them in as we count down our top 10 films of the year. So that is two weeks from today. Not necessarily from today, 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 but... We're staying traditional, right? 10, 10, 10, 9, 9, 9... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not None fucking around with this like consensus picks Gross. versus Gross. outliers versus, yeah, film spotting. What a joke! <laughs> 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 um, so the email is cinephilesdigest at gmail Let us know. We would love to hear from anyone who listens to this show. Should be a fun episode. I think we'll have. Quite a few uh, different picks this year, especially me and this guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tom is limited by the things he has seen, but God, me Star and this Wars, guy. Matt's bottom Star of Wars 2019 is my, is top, my top. Yeah, dude. Dragged across concrete <laughs> midsummer. <laughs> no, no, no. Those be will butt. not be on my top 10. You gave midsummer a five, didn't you? No, I gave it a four. No. I'm one. Still too high. I think I want to rewatch that. And... You're going to watch that director's cut? Huh? director's cut yeah midsummer yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. three hour one yeah i think that's gonna do it put it over the top <laughs> uh once upon a time in hollywood that's the other one you gonna rewatch that no you should honestly i kind of want to i got Sarah the 4k that. for christmas she got to it, loved it yeah she loved it oh i oh. think i put the uh the digital code on my voodoo if you want to mm, you did i'm pretty sure i did okay did you see it or do you not? Keep I haven't been on Voodoo in a couple of weeks. Mm. The only ones that I'm like dying for a rewatch of Last Black Man in San Francisco, High Life. Oh, I know we're wrapping up, but I did rewatch High Life. Gave it a full extra star, mm. but still not a five and probably won't make my list. What, four and a half now? Yep. I love the idea of it, but I don't love the execution. There's. I just wish it would have done it a little bit differently. 
I feel the same way about Ad Astra. Someone, the way someone explained Ad Astra, which is kind of obvious, which what it's going for, I didn't quite like piece that together. Love that reading of it, but again, don't love the execution. Two overrated space movies that will be on Matt's end of year list. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything, but yes. <laughs> Where they land, you'll have to wait and see, but if they land. Maybe they just float out to the ether. Mm. We'll see. As I keep watching the wild roses and the Dianes of the world, maybe maybe one will get pushed off. I don't know. Those grounded emotional stories. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So anyway, send us an email. Cinefilesdigest at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. <clears throat> We're going to go ahead and wrap her up. We'll be back in a couple weeks to discuss the year that was 2019. So long, 2019. Goodbye and fuck you. (laughs) Thank you for listening. (laughs) Marsh through the orchestra pit. The rip CDR skip. You hope the CDS don't stick. Bent over dope sick. Too scared to write the book. Took it, put it in the hook of a song. Listen to it, looks like I wasn't wrong Hit it where they wouldn't look, looking like Saddam Looking at Taiwan like, look, they shook Let's get it on Shots whizzed, his depression was all gone Emotional lifting, please use the proper form we don't <coughs> Tom, can you take over for my review of uh, Little Women? Yeah, it was the best movie that Travis has ever seen uh, Gerda Greywig is the GOAT Gerda Greywig. Gerda Greywig. Gerda Greywig is the goat. And. <laughs> oh, man. That's my new gamer tag. <laughs>